Welcome to Bitcoins and Gravy, episode number 69. At the time of this recording, Bitcoins are trading at $235 each, and everybody's favorite LTB coin is trading at .000102 US dollars each. Mmm, mmm, mmm. Now that's gravy. Welcome to Bitcoins and Gravy, and thanks for joining me today as I podcast once again from East Nashville, Tennessee, with my trusty Siberian Husky Maxwell by my side. Say hello, Maxwell. (laughs) We're two Bitcoin enthusiasts who love talking about Bitcoins and related technologies and passing on what we learn to you. Longtime listeners, thank you so much for joining us again and for your generous tips. New listeners, we hope you enjoy the show. On today's show, I have the privilege of speaking with the three founders of the GrantCoin. GrantCoin is a global alternative currency distributed by a nonprofit organization, the GrantCoin Foundation. Their mission is to incentivize a sustainable economy and environment. GrantCoin is sold on exchanges and given as grants to people, businesses, and organizations that are making the world a better place. Friends, this is a lively interview where we push technology to its limits by using Skype in a four-way call from four different locations around the United States. This is a no-miss interview. All right, listeners, today on the show, I am thrilled to be speaking with three guys, Brandon Veneta. Eric Stetson, and John Freshen. These guys are the founders of GrantCoin. Gentlemen, welcome to Bitcoins and Gravy. Great to be here. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Welcome to the show, guys. Thanks for having us, John. Yes, sir. Brandon, Eric, and John. Now, where are you guys? You guys are in three different locations right now? Uh, Yeah, this is Eric. I'm in Northern Virginia near D.C. Okay. Brandon's in Orlando, Florida. Okay. And this is John. I'm over in Denver, Colorado. Wow, you guys are all spread out. That's crazy. Um, so I guess you guys are working remotely. Is this a regular thing? Do you normally live close to each other, or is this a permanent remote location type of project? Uh, we're doing it remotely, and it's actually a pretty interesting story of how this project got started. So basically, last year, I was working for the SolarCoin project, which I know you've interviewed their founders on your show. Oh, yeah. Uh, Yeah, and it's, you know, a very interesting project, and I I really learned so much from from being involved in that. And, of course, that's, you know, it's another uh, cryptocurrency with a charitable motive, uh, which is what I'm really interested in, is using this technology to uh, help create a better world. Mm -hmm. And so I was actually down at a Bitcoin conference in Orlando uh, and and met Brandon down there, and... uh, uh, so we started talking about cryptocurrencies, and and Brandon was another SolarCoin supporter, and of course, when we all still are. I mean, you know, SolarCoin is a really cool idea. Oh yeah. But we started talking about um, some of my ideas, which I I had uh, an idea for a cryptocurrency that would uh, financially incentivize sustainable business, mm-hmm. businesses that are socially and environmentally responsible, and also that would have a fair distribution to um, nations and communities all around the world to give um, equal ec- economic opportunity. Okay. Something that really, you know, very few cryptocurrencies have done in a, in, a, in a way that really would work. Okay. And so Brandon and I started talking and Brandon said, you know, you've got some really, really cool ideas here. And I think, you know, if you, if you want to go forward with this, uh, I would, you know, want to help. So 
we kept talking about it and, and we decided to go ahead and give it a shot. And then uh, John came in uh, a month or two later and uh, I guess, John, do you want to tell a little bit about how you got involved? Well, yeah, I mean, I'd already been pretty deeply interested in the crypto space and, and following it really closely. And, and then simultaneously in my personal kind of business experience, I, I work with a lot of companies that really align exactly along the model of what Eric, you know, was envisioning. And it was something I had a lot of experience and also a lot of like passion towards, you know, something I um, was really interested in. So it just kind of combined to probably my top interests. And I was, you know, really intrigued and wanted to be part of it as well. So Okay. Hey, that's great stuff. So you guys are working together. Let's go down the list one more time, starting with Eric and then Brandon and then John. What are your skills that you bring to this group, Eric? Okay. Well, um, my background is uh, mostly in the nonprofit sector. I've worked in, in management roles for small nonprofits. I've actually worked with nonprofit startups as well, mm-hmm. uh, helping them to get started up. Um, I also have a background in front front end uh, development, um, mainly website development. Um, I've done a lot of that uh, freelance, and I also have worked in journalism. And I also did a uh, a business startup uh, a couple years ago, which uh, uh, was a it was an online journalism, basically a, a blogging and media aggregator. We were aggregating content from over ten thousand sources and categorizing it. Uh, and we actually ended up uh, being chosen as a finalist at the Huffington Post Entrepreneurship Expo at the uh, Democratic National Convention in 2012. Oh, wow. Um, so that business, we, we did get a first round of angel funding, but we couldn't get a second round. It was too hard to raise more money. And so we ended up pivoting actually into uh, developing algorithmic investing software. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, in the in the course of that, I got interested in cryptocurrency because I saw that, you know, this was a, at that time, it was an emerging technology that I, you know, looked into it and felt like, hey, this is, you know, really something that could could revolutionize the financial system. And so I got interested in Bitcoin and, and then got into other cryptocurrencies. But yeah, so I have, I have a very diverse background, bring um, a lot of different skills to this project. Sounds like it. Well, that's great. Okay, so Brandon? Yeah, my background is uh, into the project management, just uh, managing, delegating to uh, to resources and finding resources to accomplish different activities that need to be accomplished. And then my passion in life is just the global mission of helping developing economies and communities grow. So that's my main driver into the cryptocurrency spaces to help others around the globe. So. Good stuff. Uh, yeah, so I guess it kind of, to start it off in college, I uh, uh, studied economics and, and was also privately really interested, got, got um, kind of obsessively interested in the whole idea of economic theory when it comes to like finance and banking, um, was just kind of endlessly reading books on the Federal Reserve, the history of money. And then, you know, after I graduated, I, I ended up not pursuing an economics, uh, you know, career. Instead, I got into the natural foods world and I started, you know, doing marketing and work for a lot of different um, kind of responsible, uh, sustainable style companies that especially focused on, on uh, kind of food related products so like organic, um, you know, uh, fair trade 
uh, B corporation style companies that were really fulfilling kind of a lot of ideas that I personally was also passionate about, you know, really stemming from kind of the same idea of, of us as individuals in an economy, you know, creating the world we want to see and not depending upon some external organization to do that, you know, being able to, within, within my own power as an individual, uh, you know, make whatever changes I can. And, and so, yeah, I, I'd been spending a lot of time working with a lot of companies there. And then I found out about uh, Bitcoin and that really uh, captivated me because it, 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 you know, brought back that, that, you know, previous interest in finance and in, in banking and all of these ideas that had been so interesting to me. And I uh, got really obsessed with that, was spending a lot of my time researching all these different altcoins, all these different ideas. And that, you know, and then came across Eric and Brandon and, you know, the rest is history. So nice. You know, I told myself before the interview, I said, I'm going to ask each one of these guys what they do, what their background is. And if they all say, well, you know, my background's in trading. And the other one says, my background's in gambling. The next guy says, my, back, my background's in finance. I'm going to end the interview right there. I'm making, making an excuse. Hey, guys, I got something burning on the stove. I got to go, I gotta go yeah. immediately. But it sounds like you guys are pretty diverse. And it sounds like you guys all kind of have your hearts and your minds in the right space. And you share some similar worldviews. Yeah. You know, also we have a good team of advisors too. Um, and a lot of the advisors are, are bringing a lot of like really hardcore technical knowledge to the project too. Like for example, we have a guy advising us who uh, was one of the developers for a cryptocurrency in the past. Uh, we and, and actually has a background working in uh, back-end development. He worked at, uh, at Cray. Uh, we have another guy working for us who owns and operates for 30 years a um, uh, a, a server security company that has major corporate clients. And so he's advising us on network security and, you know, prevention of hacking and stuff like that. So, and then we've got other people, advisors as well, but basically I, I would say everybody involved in this project, you know, no matter what they're bringing to the table, uh, we are, we're all people, I guess, that believe in freedom and, and who believe that through people's free choice that we can transform the way that the economy works. Uh, I think, you know, the amazing potential of cryptocurrency, it really opens up an avenue for for people, you know, who, let's say they believe in certain values about like we want to have an economy that that doesn't hurt the environment. We want to have an economy where where people are respected by businesses and not just kind of as interchangeable parts, you know, mm -hmm. uh, to just dump them, you know, whatever and pay like, uh, you know, basically, we, you know, we want an economy where people are paid a living wage. Yeah. But, you know, but we, we don't necessarily feel that, you know, that the government is going to be doing these th things through force. You know, some people would say that the government shouldn't. Other people would say that even if they think the government should, that it, it just never will. You know, <laughs> there's a huge amount of frustration out there now, I think, both among, you know, libertarians and liberals and really everybody in general that, you know, a lot of people believe in certain values about how the economy should work and that, you know, we need to have a, we need to create a better world that works for everyone that's more fair, more just, more sustainable but that government isn't necessarily going to be providing the solution. Yeah, I think that's true. You know, I think that people in government, you know, more so in federal government than in the state government, and I'm referring to people who run for office, and I'm not referring to the people who work in the offices, because they're all hardworking people, but the people who run for office, you know, those politicians, the guys and gals that get elected and the career politicians, you know, the bottom line is they're too comfortable. They're living very, very, very comfortable lives. So, you know, we know historically when people are leading 
leading comfortable lives. And, you know, psychologists and sociologists talk about that. The people who are living really comfortable lives who don't have anything to worry about when it comes to food and clothing and shelter or anything like that, they tend to really just want to keep what they have and they tend to stick with people who live that same way. And over time, they tend to just kind of ignore those people who don't have. So if those politicians, if they could be put in a position where there was an immediate need for themselves, you know, things would change overnight. Well, we know that's not going to happen. So Grant Coin is here. What's the specific problem that Grant Coin is trying to solve and how do you guys plan to solve it? Okay, well, really to just sum it up, I would say that um, if, if somebody were to come forward and present uh, as a plan, okay, I, I have this idea for how we should have a currency. And the way it works is basically uh, we have a central bank that creates the currency out of nothing uh, as loans to for-profit institutions who make profit by lending money. Right. And they get to lend as much money, up to 10 times as much money as they actually have on their books. Mm-hmm. And they get to profit off of that. And the way that they do that is they lend money to whoever can make them the most profits. So if that's a business that, let's say, is exploiting workers, uh, you know, paying them 10 cents an hour or whatever, or let's say it's a company that's, you know, spewing all kinds of toxic chemicals into the environment, the bank is just like, hey, well, you know, you've got a great profit margin, you're going to make money for us. So yeah. sounds good to me, you know. So this is the system we have. And I think most people, if this were presented to most people as like a white paper of like, oh, hey, here's an idea for a monetary system. Most people would laugh it out of the room. Yeah. It's, this is insane. You know, get out of here. It's <laughs> a crazy idea. But so, so this is what we have and we need to figure out how to fix it. Now, you know, Bitcoin came along and said, okay, we want to basically have uh, no one gets to, to have any human input at all into the way that money gets distributed into circulation. Mm-hmm. Uh, we want to have it entirely done by computers. And, you know, of course, the byproduct of that is that whoever happens to have the most powerful mining rigs, uh, you know, which is mostly people that already have a lot of money and that have a lot of technical know-how, they get to be the ones that get access to the, the currency being created. So I think GrantCoin basically is coming along and saying, okay, the fiat system is, is terrible. You know, it creates inequality of wealth. It wrecks the environment, you know, blah, blah, blah. The Bitcoin system is a big improvement over the fiat system, but it can still be improved upon. Mm-hmm. And we're coming along and saying we want to improve upon it by, by injecting values that really most people believe in um, about how to create a more fair and a more sustainable economy that works for, for everyone and, and that um, doesn't destroy the planet that we all depend upon. Okay, now that all sounds great. I know there are listeners out there wondering, okay, but, you know, there's so many altcoins out there that say that they're doing something great. So, guys, what are the factors that you believe will set GrantCoin apart and make it successful? First of all, we are a nonprofit organization, legally incorporated. Um, we're one of a very few. It's really only a handful of cryptocurrencies that are being uh, having the, the project managed by a legitimate nonprofit. Okay, that's a great start right there. That's that's huge because most of them we know are not. That's great. Okay. Right, and that kind of leads me into the second point, which is professionalism and transparency. Uh, we're very big on these concepts. It's kind of our core, some of our core values of the project and how it's being run. We believe that uh, the absolute highest standard of ethics, uh, the people involved are all have to sign ethics pledges, which are published on our website. We have ethics policies uh, that are published on our website. We have bylaws that are published, all kinds of other policies that are published. uh, And we're really trying to run this in a way so that 
you know, normal people out there can look at this and say, you know, okay, these people are, they're trying to change the monetary system, which is like a huge big deal. And so for something like that, you know, they better be doing it with ethics and professionalism. And so that's why we're doing it that way, because people would demand that, you know. Uh, also, um, you know, we have a team that, that has a diverse set of talents. Um, and, you know, so we've already talked about that a little bit before. And another point is that we are going to be fully integrated into the Ripple trade uh, platform, which is we will be one of just a handful of cryptocurrencies that people will be able to buy and sell for fiat currency, uh, like dollars and euros and a whole host of other fiat currencies. Uh, the Ripple trade platform enables that. And we are already working with, um, we have partnerships in the Ripple space to um, get us uh, fully integrated into Ripple to enable ordinary people to buy uh, and trade grant coin for fiat currencies. Okay, nice. You know, a lot of people, and we won't go deeply into Ripple because that's not what we're here to talk about, but a lot of people really don't like Ripple. A lot of people in the Bitcoin world really have problems with the way that Ripple is designed as compared to Bitcoin. But what I tell people is Ripple is not Bitcoin and Bitcoin is not Ripple. If Bitcoin had never come along and Ripple had come along, I think that a lot of people who are excited about Bitcoin would be interested. They would not be as excited, but I think they would be interested in Ripple because of what it has to offer. But they are two very different models and people need to know that and to understand that Ripple is actually here to stay. People really need to be able to stop comparing Bitcoin to Ripple, in my opinion. Yeah, right. most definitely. So, like, you, you asked what is going to make Grant Coin succeed, and I think the difference that we as the founders and the people that are starting to get engaged is we, we see this technology and we're utilizing it as a, as a tool for a far bigger mission rather than the project itself focused on the technology itself. Because I think that's what the crypto community is engulfed with right now is that they're so focused on the technology. They're not looking at a mission of how the technology is going to change the world. So I think that's mm -hmm. kind of a unique approach of this is the technology's tools that we're using. It's not what's driving the project itself. So, yeah, yeah. And I think to add kind of to a couple of these points that brought up, I mean, first was like the Ripple Bitcoin thing. I think from our perspective, we understand and appreciate, you know, the fact that there are people who appreciate Ripple and people appreciate Bitcoin and maybe some who don't appreciate either. But for us, we, we want to accommodate to both of those markets. You know, we, we're going to be on, you know, Bitcoin trades like Bittrex. We're, we're trying to appeal to both. So, you know, it's not to say that we're, you know, that, that somehow GrantCoin is just this offshoot of Ripple. It's not. You know, what Ripple does on, on their platform is not indicative of, of uh, GrantCoin in any way, just as same with Bitcoin. We're, we're, you know, in a sense, trying to find as many opportunities and ways that we can integrate these other technologies. And, and I think that also applies to why we, you know, hopefully will be successful is because a lot of these altcoins, you know, when you say there's there's a ton of altcoins, what what gives you that value? Like at the core of of Grandcoin is we want to make the value. We want to prove to you guys 
to everyone that we're worthy of it. You know, we don't expect someone to just be like, oh, Grand Coin, yeah, I'm part of it. I, we, I want people to look up, see what we're doing, see who we're partnering with. I mean, that's a big part of it too. We're really going to be diligent about partnering with organizations that already do this. That we're not trying to reinvent the wheel, you know. Right. There's a lot of organizations that already have uh, programs in place. I mean, B Corporation, Certified Organic, Fair Trade, Rainforest Alliance. I mean, just to name a few, mm-hmm. you know, we want to work with reputable organizations. And by doing that, that's where we get our reputation. You know, that's key to us. Like it's, it's a voluntary thing. You, you participate in GrantCoin because we're doing a good job. You stop participating in GrantCoin because we don't do what we're saying. Like we don't mm-hmm. want, we don't want anyone to just on their own, you know, without, researching anything it's like oh grant coin you know and i think it happens a lot with these altcoins and then people get burned because right in the end they really weren't fundamentally sound do you know what i mean yep so how does someone actually use a grant coin what is the actual use case for a grant coin we're trying to partner with businesses that um, are already in the sort of conscious consumer um, stakeholder capitalism kind of space mm-hmm. and this is a booming sector of the economy now and you know i think john can can talk a lot more about this because he actually works in that sector. Um, you know, but just just quickly, I'll just say that um, essentially we're trying to create a currency for that sector, which um, we believe you know should really become the normal way that the economy works as time goes on. And you know, a currency is basically one of the bedrock kind of necessary functions of any economy or any sector. So um, you know, we're we're going to be partnering with businesses. Um, in that space and and giving them grants, you know, to financially incentivize them is really kind of that's our main distribution mechanism. Okay, now can people buy grant coins on exchanges? Oh yeah, I mean absolutely. We're on uh, Bitrex and another exchange called South Exchange, which is based in Argentina. It's a new one. Um, so we're on those two uh, Bitcoin exchanges starting on May fifteenth. and we will soon be on Ripple Trade as well, which uh, probably in a couple of weeks. Um, and so, yeah, absolutely. People will be able to buy grant coin, um, and trade it. How about mining it? And, and mining, right. There's mining too. Now the mining is only a small part. It's basically what the way that we've set it up is that it's about equivalent to the way that, uh, like a proof of stake reward where you get essentially an interest rate on your holdings every year. Uh, so what we, and we're, we're planning to switch over to proof of stake, um, later this year. But while we still do have mining right now uh, for the next few months, the, the mining rewards are basically designed to sort of approximate what uh, the amount of currency that would be produced through the proof of stake system, 1% a year. Okay. Uh, yeah. So mining, it's a small part, but it's a significant part um, at the beginning. Okay. And John, did you have anything to add to what he was talking about there? Yeah, I, I think I guess the the point I would make is, you know, kind of going back to my years in economics, when one really important philosophy was the idea of like, when you have a localized economy, you want to recycle that wealth and that value and not have it exported to another state, another, you know, country or area. And And I think the same mindset applies to the sustainable culture and the ethical business culture, you know. There is a whole very, uh, you know, rapidly growing community of people who are, you know, actively engaged in in supporting businesses that that kind of coincide with these concepts of sustainability and ethical practices. And 
when you have a currency that can align with that, you can kind of keep that value within that that system. You, it's kind of going back to that point of Andreas. You know, we are in a paradigm shift. Before it was, you know, you your currency was based on your location. It was based on the government that you are under. Now it can be based on your values. Yep. You don't have to, you know, if if someone in in Ghana or someone in you know South America or someone anywhere in the world has the same values, they can be part of the same economy. And and that's what I think is a really beautiful idea is that you you create this kind of snowballing effect that is preventing, you know, maybe a lot of this wealth and value from going back out to maybe these less reputable, you know, uh, currencies and organizations and things. So to me, I think that's just a really important point and a really big part of our mission. I think so. You know, speaking of missions, in the mission statement on your website, you say that money is a social invention, which can be changed by the people according to their values. Uh, of course, some people would argue that money is something that can't be based on values, that it has to be based on something more tangible. Now, how do you respond to that? Well, you know, that, that's a really great question, John. I mean, I think I think there's sort of a mythology about money that uh, most people believe in, which is the idea that money is sort of this tangible thing that uh, it's based on on a real, you know, something of substance. Money has has never really been. I mean, the closest thing it ever got to that was with gold and silver, you know, way back when. Yeah. But even with gold and silver, you know, that was a, a decision that people made to say, we're going to take these particular minerals, which are, you know, they're pretty minerals. They, they have, you know, some economic uses, but not really that many, especially back in those days. There wasn't really an, an economic use for gold like the way there is now with, you know, circuit, circuits and stuff like that. But um, but, you know, so gold, it was a value judgment that people made. They said, we're going to take this particular mineral and we're going to call it money. Uh, and what that did is it, it basically gave an economic um, favoritism essentially to countries and or tribes or whatever groups of people in the world that happened to have a lot of gold within their borders. And it incentivized people to go out and try to conquer those parts of the world by force that happened to have a lot of gold so they could you know, plunder their money, yeah. what they believed was money. So this was all ba basically, it was a social myth, you know, this idea that, okay, gold is money. That's a mythology uh, so that people chose through their free choice. Uh, similarly, you know, then when the, the uh, debt-based currency system evolved um, with, you know, the money being issued by banks, that is also, um, you know, based on a, a myth of, you know, okay, we're going we're gonna to decide that, that this is money, you know, when banks... Uh, punch in some digits, you know, in, into their computer screens or whatever and, and create loans that that's, uh, that's actually money, you know, being created. Um, so, and with Bitcoin, you know, there isn't really any barrier to entry to create a blockchain and, and you know, to mine cryptocurrency. The, the value of the, of the currency, of cryptocurrency, just derives from people being willing to buy it. You know, if nobody was, if nobody believed in Bitcoin, nobody was willing to actually buy it on the free market, uh, it wouldn't really have any value, you know, because anybody could just fire up, you know, a $10 VPS on DigitalOcean or whatever and, <laughs> and mine all the Bitcoins in existence if they were the only person that believed in it. Right. So, so, you know, basically money inherently is based on people's values and on people's freedom of choice to decide, okay, what kind of a, a system do we want to have for what money is going to be and how it's going to work, how it's going to be distributed. Wow, good stuff. Anybody have anything to add to that? I think that was perfectly put. I do too. 
Nice. So you guys believe in fair global distribution of currency, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's that's one of the key principles of our project because, uh, you know, I mean, if we think about it, um, according to the United Nations, for example, um, there's over three billion people in the world, which is, you know, it's like that's a it's like a quarter of the percentage of the population or something like that, or a third of the actually more. It's like closer to half of the population of the world that's living on under two under two fifty a day, two dollars and fifty cents a day. Yeah. And, you know, uh, I mean, we, there are, you know, whole parts of the world where people are drinking water out of open sewers and where people have worms, you know, living in their intestines. Yeah. I mean, this is the reality of the world that we live in. And so, you know, we have this incredible power with cryptocurrency to to shift the way the, mon the monetary system works by creating a more equitable distribution of currency. It just, you know, just in the way that currency initially gets distributed out into circulation in the economy. Mm -hmm. And that's something that we, the people, can change. I mean, we have the power through our freedom to say, okay, we think that, you know, it should be more like based on population. If, you know, a certain part of the world has certain population, they're going to get a certain percentage of the, the distribution of currency. And that's, that's uh, part of how GrantCoin works. Right. Greater population, they should have more of the currency, right? Seems to make sense to me. So, you know, I envision a world, you know, 10 or 20 years from now when we do have lots of different different digital currencies, lots of different cryptocurrencies, maybe Bitcoin's one of those, maybe Litecoin's one of those, you know, who knows. But, you know, I like to think that something like GrantCoin and SolarCoin and some of these great coins, I like to think that they're right there with Bitcoin being used all over the world. How do you envision something like that working, you know, specifically for GrantCoin, but also, you know, within the context of there being other cryptocurrencies, including Bitcoin? Can you give some examples of what you think that would look like if that occurred? Well, you know, I think there's going to be a variety of different currencies competing on the free market. I think this is one of the great things about uh, that cryptocurrency provides this opportunity for people to choose, uh, you know, which currencies they like better. And uh, so I think, you know, I think that uh, there will be a number of different options there and there already are. And I think as these as these cryptocurrencies gain market share, like in the real world economy, which is, you know, it's steadily happening. It's a slow process at first, but mm -hmm. the adoption curve will, will continue to uh, dramatically increase, um, similar to like the way that when the Internet first started, initially it was just, you know, a few kind of techie geeks or whatever using it. But then, you know, as time went on, it pretty soon, you know, everybody ended up using it. So right. I think digital money is going to be sort of like that and and there will be um there will be kind of more open competition among monies in the world um and i and i think this is just an awesome thing you know that if people uh don't like the way that the monetary system works with fiat or with whatever whatever else they can just you know go and use a different currency and i think you know the 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 general economy is going to adapt to that reality over like the next five or ten years uh it will be it will be increasingly easy for people to just you know pull out their smartphone or whatever at normal businesses and pay, you know, with whatever currency that they happen to want to pay with. I think this is what the future is going to be. I hope so. Yeah, I hope so. I, I envision that same future, but I also know that there's always some dirty rat hiding in the shadows, you know, some, <laughs> some organized yeah. crime thug or some government organized crime thug who wants to 
rig the books and set the thing up so that they have control over what you can and what you can't do, right? So that they have the currency that everybody runs toward or the currency that everybody has to use because you have, you know, the QR code emblazoned above your left eyebrow or something, you know, (laughs) I mean, (laughs) I mean, I, I just, I like, I love all these positive ideas, but I still, you know, I look at the power structures that exist and I look at, you know, the CIA and the FBI and the M16 and the Mossad. I look at all of those and I think these guys are some of the most brilliant guys in terms of espionage, in terms of tech, in terms of weapons. And, you know, these guys are sitting there watching the cryptocurrency world and watching Bitcoin and saying, we are not going to let these punks push us around. <laughs> I think to respond to that, I feel like, you know, this kind of when you know, the U.S. government pretty much invented the, the foundation of the Internet. They opened Pandora's box, and I think they've already, it's already kind of starting to come to the realization that the, the freedoms inherent in the Internet, it's hopefully, I mean, hopefully I'm speaking not too soon, are, are kind of inevitable now. And maybe it's too big of a beast for any one government to control. And, and I feel like something... It's very likely something similar is going to happen in the cryptocurrency space. By the time they're really giving enough thought to it, it'll probably and hopefully be too late. You know what I mean? Just as it probably is with the kind of Internet realm. Yeah, I like that thought. I like to think that way, man. That gives me great hope (laughs) to know that the young people, that some of the young people in the country are thinking that way. So you guys are a nonprofit, and I think that's fantastic. So talk about GrantCoin as a charity. You know, you've got the nonprofit status. You're giving away grants of cryptocurrency to communities in the developing world, right? Yeah, I mean, this is a big part of what we're what we're planning to do. Uh, so basically, the the idea is we have we have certain amounts of our currency supply that are reserved for certain purposes, and forty uh, percent of it is reserved for for grants to um, basically like small businesses and communities around the world that are uh, that are you know socially and environmentally responsible in how they. Uh, run their business and what kind of activities they're doing, and people in their communities will will actually be empowered to be you know making these decisions of of which businesses to actually give these financial incentives to in the form of grant coin. Uh, we're basically trying to create a grant based monetary system where it's sort of like built right into the system that the people in their communities get to decide. Okay, you know, okay, yeah, there's you know Joe's Pizzeria, you know, down down the street on Main Street or whatever, and they're you know they're paying their workers really well. They're giving them you know, employee um, ownership of the company and they're, you know, they're really big into recycling and they have a solar panel on their roof or, you know, stuff like that. So we, you know, the, the grant coin affiliate in, you know, whatever town, you know, in wherever this happens to be, will may, may say, okay, you know, Joe's Pizzeria, they're going to get a big grant from us to, you know, incentivize them and, and reward them for the way that they're doing business. And if this kind of thing happens all over the world, I mean, this is basically a, a form of, of a, it's a charity essentially to, to try to help um, businesses with a social conscience. And, you know, in terms of like the developing world side of it, I guess I think Brandon would probably be the right person to address that more because it's kind of his, you know, bigger area of interest. But that's also a big part of what we're doing, too. Yeah, so that's the main driver of how I even entered into the crypto space is my wife originates from Venezuela. So um, I'm intimately learning how challenging a a community in a country that is going through such turmoil as far as economically and 
uh, controlled government entities and everything that that they're controlling every part of the day to day life. So <laughs> I before I met her, I never I've, you hear about it on the news, but until you actually witness it and care for those people that are going through that, you you never really have that connection. So <laughs> that started it. And then you start reading up more and you start learning about other people and what their challenges are. And every person has challenges that they face, <laughs> you know. <laughs> so it's just how do you deal with those challenges? So a community in Africa is going to have different challenges than a community in South Asia or um, vice versa, you know. So <laughs> I think that's one of our biggest challenges that we're going to have is finding those right people in these different communities to help promote grant coin for what it's worth and that's where it's just going to take the right people and the right resources and the right people will come to this project and and I just I just see it that it will the the best feeling when I have when this project reaches its potential is when it actually generates a transaction of an individual in let's say Africa makes a transaction with grant coin for their family's food for the week or something you know so that that's what gets me excited is that that is what drives me to keep going you know so until that happens we're going to just keep trucking along <laughs> and make this happen so well i love um, that yeah i know when uh, andreas antonopoulos came back from Argentina a few years back he went right to a Bitcoin conference and everybody at the conference was talking about look I have this new idea for a Bitcoin wallet and you know here's a new way to get vendors excited and you know how many people have I signed up this past week to accept Bitcoin for their online stores and all of this and you know he came back from Argentina seeing the problems there the problems that are similar to what you're talking about in Venezuela and in many parts of the world right now and in many parts of the United States right now you know yeah. you wouldn't know right. it if you, well, you wouldn't know it if all you did was listen to the evening news they make even though they give <laughs> oh. you lots of bad news they don't tell you <laughs> the real bad stuff that's going on right when he came back he was so on fire about the problems and how he saw Bitcoin as having the potential to solve these problems, but he was angry. You could hear him when he spoke at this conference. He was almost making fun of people about their plans to get this project up and running for shopping. Shopping, you know. He, yeah. he, he started using the word shopping in the most annoying way because it, <laughs> it really is an annoying word. You know, you know immediately if that's not the girl. Personally, I'm looking for a wife, you know, and I'm not picky as far as color. I'm not picky as far as age or socioeconomic and all of this, but, you know, if you ask a woman, you know, so what do you enjoy doing, you know, when you're not working? If the first word out of her mouth is shopping, then I just walk away. Yeah. Or or if she starts mention if she mentions her first three favorite television shows, I'm an anti TV guy, I walk away. But I digress as I'm known to do. So uh, so carry on, guys. Tell me more about Grant Coin and uh, I mean John, I just want to add something really quickly, you know, to this whole the, the whole point that Brandon is making about, you know, the ordinary person in Africa or whatever that would be, you know, hopefully buying their food uh, with Grant Coin. I mean the thing is, you know, I mean, as much respect as I have for Bitcoin and the amazing thing things that the the Bitcoin uh, community has done, you know, to pioneer this amazing technology of cryptocurrency, mm -hmm. I, I have to say that, 
you know, for the average person in a place like Venezuela or Ghana or whatever, you know, whatever country in the world where people are living on like less than a dollar a day or something, mm -hmm. you know, these folks, they don't really have the money, you know, to to buy a mining rig and mine Bitcoin. They, they don't have the money to to go and, you know, and buy Bitcoin on exchanges. What they need is an injection of grant capital through a philanthropic cryptocurrency to to come to them and say, we want you to have economic opportunity, just like we have, you know, here in the United States or whatever, and we're gonna, you know, give we're gonna try to give that to you by creating a cryptocurrency that has this built-in distribution system that uh, is equitable around the world, so that the person in Africa who wants to buy their food, you know, if GrantCoin gains a significant amount of value on the markets because of, let's say, you know, wealthy people in the United States or, or in Europe or wherever who say, hey, this is a wonderful idea. I want to support this because this can make a better world. And so some of those wealthy people, you know, they might put their capital in and then GrantCoin would gain real value. And then the folks in Africa or in South America or whatever, they're living on, you know, hardly any money. They're going to actually have value going, you know, flowing into their communities through GrantCoin's distribution. Yeah, I like and it'll it. be a lot more valuable too, because you, you live off of two dollars and fifty cents a day. A fifty cent grant to you would be uh, massively more valuable than a fifty cent grant to someone on Wall Street or you know in L.A. You know, it it's it, it balances out where yeah, these these people who you you know think of like a demographic like Whole Food shoppers. You know, these are generally a little bit more well off individuals who are trying to find ways to kind of balance out the way our economy works. And just literally by using GrantCoin, if if the companies that they support are under that model and they're recycling that value, then they're simultaneously supporting these communities where that GrantCoin has such a potent value because it's such a you know, uh, underdeveloped economy, you know? Yeah. You know, I love the idea that, uh, I heard about a while back. It was a guy who sold eggs, right? And he had his own hens and he sold eggs, but he needed a motorcycle in order to grow his business. If he had a motorcycle, he could go from being able to distribute in a very small area on foot and by bicycle to expand that area substantially and basically have his company grow from what it was just one person selling a few eggs to, you know, one person selling a lot of eggs and maybe even hire somebody to help. And, you know, so he was looking for a grant to buy a motorcycle. I think he only needed a couple hundred dollars. But yeah, I think here in the West, in particular, we underestimate how far a hundred dollars or two hundred dollars could go right yeah and i do occasionally go out to a nice restaurant not very often and you know i might drop 50 80 100 dollars that doesn't happen very often that's not how i live my life but that does happen sometimes you know a big event like my father's 80th birthday coming up we'll probably all go out and we'll probably spend a bunch of money you know we we don't understand we can't conceive of if other people in other countries could see what we just did wow these people all just ate a really good meal and drank some wine, the equivalent of, let's say, two or three bottles of wine, if they could see how much money we all just spent, they wouldn't be able to believe it, right? Because that amount of value would represent to them weeks and weeks and weeks, if not months worth of food and being able to start businesses and all of that. So it's just impossible for us to see it. Just like the politicians in Washington, it's really difficult for them to see outside of their 
closed little worlds. And I think the same thing is true for us. Even really good-hearted people here in the United States, the good-working family man, he and his wife both work and they have kids and they've got a nice house and they have their television and blah, blah, blah. It's really hard for those people to be able to see outside of that and to be able to see how bad things are for other people in this country, but also all over the world. It's just hard to see. It's hard to get outside of yourself. Yeah, absolutely. They don't really want they want a tunnel vision into what is going on, you know. So this is the world of what's going on here, and they just tunnel vision it. So, yeah, it, it, it's an interesting thing when you start digging in deeper of really what the issues are. And, and a lot of them, all the sins, a lot of the people's problem derive back to money. People work and do shady things for money to feed their family yeah you know so you just look at the values of the current monetary system the values there are are not good you know like the news all you see is bad like nothing but war and drug abuse and all this is just piles these people's mindset of just bad news so you just look at all the values that are associated to to the current monetary system and and it's nothing but negative so why not change that <laughs> yeah <laughs> let's bring out the positive in individuals cuz we all have it every human being knows what's right and what's wrong it's just when they move forward in life and then they start making decisions based upon money is when they start questioning what's right and wrong and then they start making the wrong decision that affect people's well-being and in the planet (laughs) so yeah it's quite it's quite simple like it's hard to grasp but when you focus in on it it is very simple it's just deriving values with value and that's what grant coins about so yeah it's it's gonna take some time for people to understand it but but when you start looking at the bigger picture of it 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 is very simple to look at so i agree so you know most people that talk about altcoins one of the things they question is okay the tech behind it so you guys mentioned that you have some people who are advising or consulting you and i assume you're paying some of those consultants but you know your team right now the three of you guys it seems to be lacking one thing and that is some tech guru you know who's there saying okay here's exactly how this protocol is going to work you know is there actually Um, a separate protocol that's separate from the Bitcoin protocol? You know, what's the actual tech, the nuts and bolts behind the grant coin? Okay, so um, we we have our own blockchain. Uh, It's a a fork from PeerCoin. Okay. And uh, I actually am the developer. I I learned how to be a cryptocurrency developer uh, so that I could do this project. Uh, I mean, I do have a development background before, but in, as I said before, in, mostly in front end mm-hmm. stuff. Um, but I really, you know, I decided I really want to dig into this and really learn how this technology all works. And uh, so I did. And, and uh, uh, we, you know, we got our blockchain working. I, I mean, it was it was really cool, actually, to, you know, dig into the code and just really study it and figure out, oh, yeah, OK, this is how it all works. This is how what's going on here in the code. And. Um, you know, it, um, we, we, we got it working. We have a functioning blockchain. I mean, everything's good. There's, as far as we know, there's no bugs in it. And, uh, uh, but of course, you know, it's always a, an evolutionary process with, um, developing out the technology and, you know, the wallets right now are still very simple, simple in terms of like 
We haven't yet made them super user friendly. We haven't made the wallets yet um, kind of grandma friendly, you might say. <laughs> but really, most crypto projects haven't yet. Uh, and but this is one of our big priorities. And yeah, we're looking for somebody to join our core team uh, as a you know a lead developer who has more strong experience in cryptocurrency development, and especially uh, somebody who values the idea of of user friendliness for the average user who, you know, people who aren't into Bitcoin yet and they're just they're just discovering this technology uh, and they don't want to have to be a geek in order to use it and understand it. Um, so, yeah, this is I would say it's true that we're right now. I mean, we have advisors that have the you know software development background and crypto development background mm -hmm. on our core team. I'm you know, I'm the developer right now and I can do it, you know, for the the basic stuff, but we're we're looking to go beyond the basic stuff and really become, you know, hopefully one of the premier altcoins in the tech side too, and that'll that'll take you know more personnel and and raising more funds and and so forth. Well, I love the fact that you took the bull by the horns and you decided to learn how to do that yourself because I think really anything in tech is learnable. Um, so I think that's great, and I also think the fact that you guys are looking for people to help uh, development is also fantastic. You know. A lot of people listen to the show every week, and uh, I wish there were better ways for you guys to get your information out there. But uh, I think this is a pretty decent way. And then also, of course, just talking to people as time goes by. But uh, it sounds to me like it would benefit you guys to have someone else on the development team. But, you know, I don't think that that in any way should, and I don't think it will, slow you guys down in moving forward and developing everything that you guys are developing. So if somebody wants to get involved, let's say as a volunteer, or if they want to get involved as part of your development team, what kind of help are you guys looking for beyond just development? And what's the best way for people to get in touch with you? So basically, um, on the tech side, cryptocurrency developers who, who want to help to, um, you know, improve the wallets, make it more, make it all more user friendly for the average person. Um, and various other development, we, we would really love to get somebody on board who um, also knows how to do stuff with mobile, like uh, um, smartphone apps, mm -hmm. uh, both in terms of smartphone wallets and also uh, mobile apps for, for businesses, like to make it easy for businesses that are, that are going to be participating in GrantCoin. Uh, like we have a, a coupon program that we're starting where we basically give grants in the form of um, grant coin paper wallet coupons, which would also be, of course, digitally re redeemable into a grant coin digital wallet. Uh, we give you know these out to businesses that qualify for the grants according to the the um, sustainability criteria of the triple bottom line of conscious capitalism and all that. Mm -hmm. And then we uh, they will then pass on those grant coin grants as rebates to their customers. And then, but in order to do this, and we call it proof of participation, they have to be willing to accept GrantCoin back from, from customers at their businesses. So this is one way, you know, to keep the, the GrantCoin actually circulating within the, the real economy and make it more than just a speculative thing, make it into an actual currency that people use. So we would be looking for um, developers who could help us with uh, developing, for example, like a, a really easy uh software app or whatever that merchants could use, for example, to scan, you know, the, the, uh, the grant coin coupons, you know, just like the way they scan normal coupons, mm -hmm. you know, right now. So stuff like this, I mean, a lot of what we're looking for with help is on the tech side, but I would also say people that are really good in marketing and, uh, you know, 
promoting like on social media. We're doing a lot on social media. This is one of our really top priorities. And, uh, you know, so we're looking for people that can, that can sort of take some of the workload off of our shoulders with, with that. Uh, our Twitter account has gone from zero to over 600 followers in like a week or a week and a half wow. since we launched. That's great. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, pretty soon it's going to become overwhelming for us to be, you know, keeping up with all the social media um, so there's a lot of ways, you know, that people can help and also setting up local meetup groups in their communities for people who, who like the idea of GrantCoin and want to start building out the, the human infrastructure in terms of organizational infrastructure uh, to say, hey, let's start up a GrantCoin group in our community and eventually we can qualify as an affiliate and, and receive grants from the, the foundation to distribute out into, in our own community. So anybody that wants to help with starting to, to build up those kind of local groups, uh, wherever you are in the world, um, we wanna hear from you. And, and so, you know, uh, we would just say, encourage people to go to our website, grantcoin.org, um, read up about what we're doing and uh, get in touch with us if you'd, if you'd like to help in any way. That's great stuff. Years ago, my mother worked for a grant-giving foundation in Indianapolis, and basically the guy who had inherited the foundation from his father knew nothing about investment and knew nothing about how to take this fund that his father had left him, take these funds and grow it. Because if you're a grant giving foundation, you have to grow those funds. Otherwise, as you give out the funds, eventually the funds will be gone, right? You certainly cannot rely on keeping those funds in a bank account and hoping that's going to grow. So that may be something that you guys would want to think about for the future too. As you want that to grow, you will have to make some investments, most likely outside of the cryptocurrency world. It would be great if you could do all of your investing within the cryptocurrency world, and maybe you can when you look at all the different startups and uh, all of the different projects and platforms, there may be enough there to invest in that would give you great returns that you can grow this fund over time. But I truthfully, I don't know much about grant giving foundations and I don't know much about uh, grants or grant writing or anything like that. But uh, let me wrap it up by asking each one of you, let's say that grant coin succeeds in its goals as you guys envision them and becomes a major global currency uh, for each one of you how would the economy be different as a direct result of grant coin existing in the world well um who wants to go first <laughs> and say you're not I'll, I'll start it's brandon yeah uh just people to be happy and and enjoy life for what it is and enjoy their family and whatever hobbies or interests they have that that's that's what I hope. <laughs> nice, nice. John? Uh, yeah, I mean, for me, I envision it as people having, you know, viable opportunity to uh, have, you know, the ability to just make that judgment call, to be part of this, you know, to be part of something that is a financial structure that um, is for the betterment of, of kind of society and the environment and and then, you know, have a system in which these, these systems of business that are traditionally have a higher overhead because they have more values are kind of subsidized by the fact that they're receiving grants to kind of make up for the fact that they can't be as competitive on the traditional economic market. Hmm. So, Okay. And, and, and you know, just nice. I, I guess to kind of tie together what Brandon and John just said, I'll, I, I would kind of summarize it like this, that 
Um, we want to create an economic system that that balances the the important need for the profit motive in in the economy to you know uh, encourage people to work and to produce and so forth with the uh, living people living a good life and and for people being respected for their humanity by the economy hmm. like Brandon said you know that everybody should be able to, to to live a good life you know spend time with their family you know pursue hobbies people shouldn't be slaves to you know gigantic cor- corporations that you know pay them dirt wages because of the fact that they can get bank loans from banks that that'll you know s- promote them to do business that way because that's profitable for the bank's bottom line, hmm. you know, we want to create an economy where that balances the profit motive with uh, people respect for human beings and respect for the environment that we really all depend on for survival. Uh, so this is what we're envisioning with Grant Coin, and we believe that the people of the world can can come together and through their freedom can can make it happen. And we invite uh, anyone who believes in these values to check us out. And if you like what we're doing and you think that we're we're good people who are doing things the right way. Uh, we invite you to join us and 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 be part of this this team to move GrantCoin forward for a, a more sustainable world economy. Man, I love it. You guys are great. Hey, Brandon Veneta, Eric Stetson, and John Freshen, thank you guys so much for coming on the show and talking to us about GrantCoin. I'm excited about it. Um, I love the idea that GrantCoin could even be working with SolarCoin someday, and that you guys are thinking about using Ripple as a tool, right? And you're thinking about using maybe something that Ethereum offers as a tool, and Bitcoin can offer as a tool that you guys are willing to look at all of these different tools that you can use. I think that's smart. We're going to use every tool we can. I mean, we don't have any prejudices against anybody. The Bitcoin community, the Ripple community, we love other altcoins that are doing good in the world. I still I still am sort of an informal advisor for SolarCoin as well. I mean, I still have a relationship with the founders, and I wish them well. And I really wish any cryptocurrency well that's trying to use this technology to make a better world. I think we need more of that. We, that's where the energy should be flowing in this movement for cryptocurrency. Absolutely. Hey, guys, thank you so much. All the best to GrantCoin. And tell our listeners one more time the best way that they can get in touch with you. Uh, GrantCoin.org. GrantCoin sounds great, man. I'm excited about it. Yeah. yeah, thank you, man. This was really great. I think it was a really cool interview. And, you know, it seems like that you can really see the value in what we're doing. And, and I really, we really appreciate that a lot because, you know, it, it's kind of tough out there. I mean, people, most people in the crypto space are pretty skeptical right now of altcoins because there have been so many pump and dumps and so many scams. Oh, and, yeah. You know, so we're, we're having to kind of be very, you know, proactive about expressing like that we're not like that. We're, you know, we're trying to do things in the right way, like with ethics. And, and that so like to see, you know, somebody like yourself who has a, a one of the premier podcasts in this space uh, to be, you know, kind of seeing the value in what we're doing. I, I really am very thankful for that, John. And I uh, uh, just want to, I can't thank you enough, like for having us on. Well, thanks guys. Hey, you know what? And also with all of the podcasts on Let's Talk Bitcoin and podcasts generally, you know, if they're on SoundCloud, basically they're archived. So I do have listeners occasionally, they'll email me and they'll say, wow, I just found your show. I love it. I'm going back and I'm listening to every single one of your shows. So You know, I can look on SoundCloud and I can see, hey, you know, an episode that I put out, let's say three weeks ago over the past week has gotten 75 or 150 
listens or downloads. So, you know, that's good to know that once it's out there, once this show is out there, it's going to be out there, you know, theoretically in perpetuity forever, right? So that it's not just the one time that people will hear it. It's as people find out about the show and then go back and listen to the previous shows. And I have listeners that have been with me for a while now, and they still just go back and listen to shows that they liked. So that's all to say that, you know, everything you guys talked about, is going to live on for some time. That's awesome, John. You know, by the way, I just wanted to quickly say that I, I went and listened recently to your your show about the um, will men be angels? Oh yeah, yeah, I like that. That I was like that. I, that was an awesome one. I loved it because because I mean you know talking about the whole questions of like transparency and ethics in the crypto space. I just think it's so important to for people to be thinking about those kind of issues and like how the how, how these kind of projects are being run. And um, so I really was glad like that you that you see the value in having those kind of discussions. I just think it's, it's absolutely essential for like the future of crypto in general, that, that all of these projects, whether it's Bitcoin or any other project that, you know, needs to be transparent and, and to really like for everybody to be able to see, you know, what are they doing? How are they doing it? Who, who's making the decisions, Mm -hmm. you know, and it's just so important. I really can't say, I I just want to thank you, you know, for having that show because I think that's, I think it's just like it's probably the most important issue in my mind for like the future because most people, you know, when I talk to most normal people about Bitcoin and crypto, mm-hmm. their first reaction is basically like, oh, yeah, is that like a Ponzi scheme scam or like is it it's like a, people that are into like drugs and crime right, right. that it just confirms how excellent the propaganda machine is that you can talk to intelligent people who maybe are in academia maybe who are you know in tech themselves you know who have been to kenya working with nonprofits. and as soon as you bring up bitcoin if they've only heard about it peripherally they're all skeptical and that just shows you know we really have a battle to fight but you know even within the bitcoin world you have people that are so well-trained to not be discerning. So the friggin' Bitcoin Foundation is just such a classic example of, you know, these guys, they just basically, you know, in reality, they were basically flipping the bird to everybody and saying, we took in all this funding from all of these people, you know, everybody who was a lifetime member, we took in all this money and the money's gone and Fuck you! We're not going to tell you. Where, we're not going to tell you where <laughs> it went. The money's gone. Yeah, the money's gone, and and you oh, know, sorry. Yeah, but it's all gone. Yeah, it's amazing that people aren't up in arms, like saying, "Come on, you sons of bitches! Where's the money?" Everybody's like, you know, it's like, well, that's the Bitcoin Foundation. You know, we don't really, we don't really have to pressure them to find out where the money is. It's like, are you kidding me? That's the one of all of the organizations in the world that's the one that we should be looking at the most closely and demanding that transparency and that you know i know so many people who consider themselves crypto anarchists and you name it in terms of what their political slant is and they're still standing steadfastly by the bitcoin foundation i'm just asking them it's like do you not see that these guys had some serious ethical problems and that all of the good people, including Andreas, that we know in the space have distanced themselves from it for a specific reason, and that reason being transparency, lack of transparency. It's unbelievable, man. I just, I really can't even wrap my mind around it, except to say that people in the Bitcoin sphere are pretty much like people in the normal world. They're just, they're just kind of sucked in and they just believe bullshit because it makes them feel better. It makes them feel comfortable. That's all I can think of, man. And they're vested 
heavily. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and <laughs> that's, yeah, that's what I think. Heavily, and it, and it's also it's an ideological investment. I, I think yes. what I think is unfortunate is that you know that there's 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 this tendency I think of a lot of people to you know they get tied in they get tied in with one particular coin or whatever and then they just they just try to like defend that that coin and. Um, no matter what, you know, even if there's problems going on and, right. or, the, or a particular organization or whatever, or project. And, and it's just, it seems to me like, I mean, it's just like with the internet in the 90s. I mean, we don't know which of these coins are going to end up being the top ones. I mean, just like there was, you know, the search engine wars and the yeah. browser wars and all that. And I mean, Bitcoin, you know, right now is the thing, but there's no guarantee that like five years from now that Bitcoin is going to be the cryptocurrency. It could just be one of like several of them that are the big ones. And, you know, yeah. so I think I think people need to really, you know, just like do due diligence about all these projects and, you know, just make sure that, it, you know, that it's not that they're not just succumbing to some kind of an ideological fanaticism because, I mean, it's easy for any human being, I think, to get into that trap of like that ideological yeah. trap, you know. I think so. The interview you did with David Schwartz with Ripple, like really solidified the differences <laughs> in communities in my head of there is Bitcoin and there's Ripple and there's communities to both and they don't interchange with each other. Right. So I think the approach of their tools that should be utilized is so important and they don't look at Ripple as a tool. Ripple doesn't want to, they just want to be an exchange platform of fiat in and fiat out. Yeah. That's what it's meant for. Yeah. And so I just, I really appreciated that one. So. Oh, cool. Yeah. I like that. Absolutely. All right, fellas, have a good one. You too. Hey, Take you care, too. John. All right. See you guys. Thanks, John. Appreciate it, bud. Yep. Thank you for having me. Thanks, John. You guys take care. Thanks. Bye. Bye. And I know that it may sound absurd, but I have for you a magic word. And today the magic word is grant. G-R-A-N like Nancy, T like Tom. Grant. As in the sentence, there are so many people in the world who would benefit from a small grant or a small loan to get their own business up off the ground and running and to improve their quality of life. And I'd like to thank one of our loyal listeners, Brandon Jason Todd, for the nice email that he sent me this week. He wrote, Love your show. Glad you took a minute to ask for tips at the end of your show the other day. All this time, I thought maybe you were a rich early adopter with tons of cash just doing the show for fun in early retirement. LOL. <laughs> Funny where our minds come up with this stuff, he wrote. Anyway, he says, I sent you about $4 in BTC. Hope it helps to keep the lights on and a little coffee in the kettle. <laughs> Well, Brandon, sir, I am definitely not a millionaire uh, or even a thousandaire. I may be a hundredaire, depending on whether it's a good week or not, or whether or not my mortgage has been paid. Anyway, I certainly appreciate your $4 tip more than you can imagine. I personally tip people in the forums all the time, and I can't really imagine a world now where I don't tip people for the content that they work hard to produce. So if anyone out there listening has never tipped a podcast host or a blog writer before, now is the time. 
When people work hard to produce something that you enjoy listening to or reading or viewing, does it even make sense not to tip 50 cents here or a quarter there or even a dollar from time to time? Bottom line, friends, when you are tipping me or tipping someone else, this world is a better place when content creators earn tips. In simple terms, it keeps them motivated and lets them know you really appreciate the work they do. So show your appreciation, folks, and tip all of the content creators that you can. It doesn't matter if it's five cents or 10 cents or a dollar. What matters is that you're showing them your appreciation and not just taking and running away. We're adults and so we need to tip people when they produce valuable content, right? All right, so moving right along. I'd like to thank my guests on today's show, Brandon, Eric, and John, the founders of GrantCoin. GrantCoin offers 100% transparency as it works to incentivize a sustainable economy and environment around the globe. Check them out at grantcoinfoundation.org. And signing off now from East Nashville, Tennessee, this is John Barrett with Bitcoins and Gravy here with my trusty Siberian Husky, Maxwell. Say goodbye, Maxwell. We will see everyone next week. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for your tips. And remember, the only thing necessary for the triumph of evil is for good men and women to do nothing. Now climb aboard, y'all. This train is bound for glory. There's plenty of room for all. Well, Satoshi Nakamoto, that's a name I love to say. And we don't know much about him, but he came to save the day. When he wrote about the way things are and the way things are to be, he gave us all a protocol this world had never seen. A Bitcoin as you're going into the old blockchain. A Bitcoin. You're going to rain, gonna rain Till everybody knows, everybody knows Till everybody knows your name Down the road it will be told about The death of old Mount Gox About traders trading altar coins And miners mining blocks But them good old boys back in Illinois And on down through Tennessee See, they don't care to be a millionaire They're just wanting to be free Our Bitcoin as you're going into blockchain or bitcoin i know you're going to rain gonna rain till everybody knows everybody knows till everybody knows your name A promise to deliver us from age-old tyranny A Bitcoin as you're going into the old blockchain A Bitcoin, I know you're going to rain, gonna rain Till everybody knows, everybody knows, till everybody knows your name Till everybody knows, everybody knows, till everybody knows your Give me some exposure Everybody knows your name, sing it Oh Lord, pass me some more Oh, Lord, before I have to go, oh.
me some more more Lord before I have to go We have front row seats in um, the development of a historic technology that is doing things that have never been done before. And every day that goes by, I just feel amazed at, at having this opportunity to be frontline observer and sometimes influencer in what is turning out to be perhaps uh, a historic, generational, uh, worldwide, impactful, disruptive uh, change in technology, one that will create history. And, and that is an amazing feeling.